Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. You know, these two weeks we had away from each other, I really miss church. And I'm not saying it because I get to stand here. I really, really miss church. Yeah. It, it, it just does something for me. It changes me. And, and sometimes it's the intangibles you just can't put your finger on. But when you leave the church on Sunday, something has changed and something has shifted in my life. And I just feel like God's closer than what he was when I came here. I don't know how, I don't know why, but it just so happens. And I think half of it is because I get the opportunity to sing, to praise, and to honor my God that I try to do in the shower, but it's never the same. I try and do it in my car. Do you do that when you're singing in your Who sings in their car? Yeah. And, and, and when you hit those notes that you shouldn't hit, or then maybe they're not even a note, they're just a, I don't know what, they were a fail, a big fail. And, and you go, oh, God. But here in church, especially with the masks on, you can just sing really loud. No one can hear a thing you do it. you're saying or you're singing. So I, I thank you that you cover up my mess. But this morning, we're going to speak on foundations. And our lead pastor, Pastor Byron Graham, um, he wants us or he feels that God's telling us as a church to look at four things up to Christmas, and we're going to cycle over these four things month by month by month. And the first thing he wants us to focus on is foundations. Because if you have a firm foundation in God, you're going to be strong. And, and not just strong in God, you're going to find a strength in your life to, for life situations and circumstances. There'll be a strength in you that comes from, from knowing that there's a Father who cares for me and he knows, knows me and he knows what's going to happen. So it gives you a strength in your life. The next one he wants to speak about is family. And that can be for your own family. If your family's broken, let me tell you, God has the ability to restore your family. If something has happened, God has the ability to bring back everything the enemy's stolen. In fact, there's promises in the Bible that you can quote. You can say, God, if you've stolen, if, if the enemy has taken one thing off me, then I'm claiming back seven times more. I want seven times more back. If the enemy has taken something off me, I'm not going to accept that. I want more back than what he ever took off me. So you can claim that. So family, not only that, family for us as a church, because as Mark said, we've got blood family, but I count you all as family. My brothers and my sisters in Christ. And, and truly, that's not just a word that flows off my lips. I count you as family. Even though I might have known you or might only seen you once this morning, I count you as family. The next one is Holy Spirit. And we're a Pentecostal church, and I believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. It empowers us, and it gives us strength in our life. And the last one is mission because when we've got firm foundations, we know we're in a strong family, we're full of His Holy Spirit and empowers us to go out and to touch others because all of us are meant to go out and change the world. When Adam and Eve were first put on this earth, He told them to tend the land and to look after the earth and that has never ever changed. All of us were meant to have dominion over this earth and I believe that as we go out and as, as we speak Sometimes we speak to people and we tell them about salvation. Other times we go and feed the sick. Sometimes we give clothes to the people who haven't got clothes. Sometimes we just say hello to the people who have never been spoken to for a long, long, long time. And through those situations, we get the opportunity to bring God back into earth, to bring heaven down to earth in some situations, because I'm not waiting just to go to heaven just to experience God. I want heaven here with me right now, right in this moment here on earth. 
I don't want to miss out. Why should we wait till we take our last breath to see him and have him move in our lives? We can have it happening every day in our lives. Why would we miss that opportunity? So this week we started with foundations and uh, a, a couple of simple thoughts. Uh, you probably all saw a few months ago about that building in Miami that, that fell down. And uh, people were going about their everyday lives. So some of them had just come home and, and life was normal for them. Everything was, was perfectly fine. And yet all of a sudden, the foundations gave way in that, that, that unit block. And I can't remember how many died. But from one moment where there was just the day-to-day, and because of an, an unfirm foundation, the building fell down and many were lost. And so they say it was, some of it was because uh, they, had, they had Rio rot in, in the concrete and the concrete expanded. And, and Peter, you'd know all about that. I hope you don't know about that, but you'd know all about it. Um, some of them say that the ground gave way underneath. Some of them say that salt came in. But whatever it was, the foundations were built strong, weren't built strong enough for the situation, that, that, that the place that building was built. And we want to make sure that our foundations are strong enough so whatever comes against us, it can't knock us down and it can't, can't make us sway or move. There's also the, the Leaning Tower of Pisa, which I think we've got a picture up there. And I never realised it lent that much. I mean, I knew it was leaning, but that's pretty incredible, isn't it? But it's still standing up. Can you imagine the engineer on that building? Because they say when it was almost finished, it wasn't even finished, it was starting to lean. Can you imagine his shock and horror when they've almost got it built and they can see it going like this when they're finishing it off? Well, you know, let's, let's say that we can be strong. Let's not through COVID and, and everything else that's going on at the moment that our faith starts to lean and starts to shift to somewhere else. But our, stays, our faith stays strong and it stays straight because I know that, that very word straight means I'm looking up to heaven. I don't want to be swayed and go somewhere else in this season. And the last one I was going to talk about was a stadium called Fidene Stadium. And none of you would ever have heard about it. But it was built in Rome. And they built this big stadium, stadium for the gladiators. And it was the stadium where they used to take the Christians and feed the Christians to the lions and, and, and do whatever they wanted to do with the Christians, which was never very good, of course. And they built the stadium to, to celebrate death. And they used to come and they'd sit in this big stadium and they'd celebrate and yahoo and shout as, as the, the people were being killed in the stadium. But because they'd built the stadium so, so quickly, they never built a firm foundation. And one day when the stadium was packed, they say the stadium gave way and 20,000 people died in one day because the stadium gave way. I, uh, I can't help but think, you know, you kill a Christian, you might get something back. <laughs> That's not scriptural, I shouldn't say that. But <laughs> uh, Why did I say that? I can't pull it back. <laughs> uh, I am free. I love that song this morning, it says, I am free. I'm free when I've got a firm foundation in God. A firm foundation, it's not just all froth and bubble, but a firm foundation, something that stays strong, that when life buffets me around, it's not going to affect me because I've got a strong foundation in Him. So I hope and pray that you've got a strong foundation. You know, our foundations always start somewhere. And do you believe that God is absolutely sovereign? Do you believe that He's absolutely sovereign? Do you doubt Him in any way? Can you say it even when, because let me tell you, there's a verse in the Bible that says, God, I believe, but help my, my unbelief. 
When you've got unbelief and doubts in your mind, can you make that faith statement come out of your, your mouth that, God, I believe you're absolutely sovereign. I believe you're in control. And whatever's going on in my life, I believe you're over it and you have an, you have an answer for every situation in my life. I had a contractor, contractor come in here during the week. And uh, this is a guy I used to work with before I left my old role. And this guy was brought up uh, very new agey, let's call it that. He was, bought in a bit of a, built, he was born in a commune down in New South Wales and his wife's out of that situation. And they believe a lot of new age, new age thinking and I've had lots of really good discussions with him and spoken about God numerous times. And he, he accepted some of it, but not all of it. Well, he came in and I showed him the auditorium and he says, this is awesome. He says, so do you have Guns N' Roses concerts here? On? And, and, and he says... And he, says, and he says, do you? And I say, yeah, we do. And he looks at me with shock. I say, every Sunday morning. Every Sunday morning. We have a concert here every Sunday morning. And he didn't know the language. He didn't know what church was. If I told him we had a church service, he wouldn't have known. But I told him we had a concert here. And I said, but at this concert, we have God in the building. And I said, we've got a really great worship team that get to, to play before us. And we get to shout and jump around and celebrate our God in the mornings. I said, we have a concert every Sunday morning. And he looked at me like I was a bit weird. But in his eyes, he could see Guns N' Roses playing here, but he couldn't see the fact we were worshipping God here. You know, his foundation, his foundation wasn't built on something sovereign, but he could see Guns N' Roses, but he couldn't see God, God being in the building. And in the early church, after Jesus left, the, the church got splintered and there were lots of different thoughts that were going around the church. And, and they got together and they said, we need to get some creeds. We need to get together and find out what our, what our foundations are of our faith. And they wrote some creeds, and one of them was the Nicene Creed, and, and we're going to put it up this morning. And I'm going to read it out so you can follow it. And this is a statement of faith that the early church wrote, and I think it was about 300 AD. And they, they needed to know exactly what Jesus had spoken and not to lose what he had spoken. And I'd like to, to as we read this, to say, do I actually believe in this? Do I actually believe this is my foundation of faith that I believe in in Jesus Christ? And it says, and my, my wording might be a bit different because I might have, actually I can read from that one. I believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Actually, you can read with me. That's a good idea. Actually, maybe you can read it. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ the one and only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten not made, of one being with the Father, through him all things were made, for us men and for our salvation. He came down from heaven by the power of the Holy Spirit. He became incarnate from the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the Holy Scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory. And do you know that soon? You know that soon? We don't want to miss out, but that's soon. My grandmother, she got told when she, when she was a young, young girl in, in, in uh, youth that he was coming soon. And she told me he's coming soon. When I was born, when I was a teenager, I was told he's coming soon. But let me tell you, 2,000 years, he is coming soon. 
I don't know when exactly that soon is, but he's coming soon. And are you ready for him when he comes back? Where are we? He will judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. And by the way, that word Catholic just means unified or the whole church. So we're not a Catholic church, just in case you're, you're worried. And the apostolic church. If you know what the apostles were and what they did, we're an apostolic church. We believe in the same things the apostles did. I still believe in healing. I believe in the power and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And I believe through that we can do the miraculous things that we read about in the Bible. That's what I believe. Jesus, yeah, that's a good song. Who was singing that? Who was just singing that? Tracy. Awesome. I do. I believe in that. You know, Matthew 5 and 6, Jesus talks about how to live life. And we call it the Sermon on the Mount. And I encourage you, if you've got a phone or a bit of paper, write down Matthew 5 and 6. I'd love you to read through that this week. Because he sets out some firm foundations how to live life. How to live life well. How not be overcome by situations and circumstances. And how to have God operate in your life. Read Matthew 5 and 6. And as you read it, as you read those very words, say, as you read over and it says to forgive others, will you stop? Say, God, who do I have to forgive? Yeah. And can I encourage you, it might be painful. It might be very painful, but it'll set you free. As you forgive the people in your world who have hurt you. As you read about how to, how to give, say, God, who do you want me to give to today? What do you want me to do in my life today? So personalize it as you read it. He gave us, in those thoughts or those, that sermon he preached, a whole lot of, of ways to live life well. And if we just stuck to those very two chapters, we would have, I believe we would have a quite a successful life, a very successful life. So read it and apply it. Apply it like an ointment over you. That, that, that rub, rub it in, rub it in. It's, it's not going to get lost. Apply the, the word to you. And then at the end of it, after he spoke about these things, he made a big statement. He says, and this is from Matthew 7, verses 24 to 27. I think we've got it on the screen. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall. Did you hear that? The winds might blow, the floods might come, they might beat upon the house which is you, but it did not fall and you won't fall because it had been founded on the rock. And that rock he's talking about is the very things you're speaking about in the Sermon on the Mount. And we know that that rock is too is Jesus. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does, does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was the fall of it. So my question for you, I don't know whether you've been living this Christian life 
One month, one day, 10 years, 20 years, 40 years. What are the foundations of your faith that you've built? Because this, this foundation that we talk about is not just a one-off thing where we come to God and we say, God, yes, I believe in you, I give my life to you. It's the foundation we build day after day, hour after hour, minute after minute. So choices we make build the foundation strong or can break down the foundation. And there's so much going on in the world at the moment that is breaking down the foundations of faith. Can I encourage you to read the word, believe the word? Pray. If you have to fast, fast. Do these, put these spiritual disciplines in your life that will build a firm foundation in your life. See, Jesus asked the disciples, who do you say that I am in Matthew 16, 15? And Peter spoke up, I believe you're the Christ. I believe you're the Son of God. If I was going to ask you that question, the very first question he asked, if I was going to ask to you this morning, who do you say that I am? This is Jesus speaking to you. Do you believe that he's the Christ, the Son of God? And even though I might have some doubts, Lord God, help me I unbelief that I believe that you're the Son of God. And that will open up a door for you. That's the biggest door is eternal life. John 3.16 says, and we all know it, if you ask Jesus into your life, he will come into you. If you ask him into your life, he will come in. He won't say no, he will come in. And he will live with you, he'll be with you, and he'll be with you the rest of your life. Because for God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Simple as that. Simple as that. And then what's more is when he died on that cross, he rose again, just like we're going to rise again. And I spoke the last time I spoke here, I think it was when I said Tetelestai, when Jesus said it was finished. That means every curse, everything that's been spoken over your life, as far as Jesus is concerned, it's finished, it's gone. It doesn't have to hold you any longer, it is finished. Death has been overcome. Everything has been overcome when he died on that cross. Can we appropriate that in our lives? Not just, not just sit back and say, it's done, okay, I'm gonna go on my normal life. We appropriate it upon our lives. That every promise that was made is ours. It is yes and amen for us. The foundation has been set The foundation stone that Jesus laid is never going to move. It is a foundation that is firm, and if we stay on that foundation, we will not be rocked. We have to build on that foundation, but there's a firm foundation. Have you ever noticed that people who come out of the deepest hurt, they find themselves with the deepest life message? The ones that have come out of 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 a situation that they never should have gone through, they find themselves having empathy for everyone else in that situation. And it's the way that some of us who have never been through it don't actually feel the same thing. We don't actually relate the same. But those very things that the enemy put upon your life to destroy you can be your greatest strength when you find Jesus. So if you're in a situation, you're finding the very thing that is, that is not killing me, but it's pulling me down and I can't get victory over. When you put Jesus in the mix, the very thing that was meant to pull you down will be your biggest strength. And I know that because I've seen it over and over and over and over and over again. Allow God and let let Him come upon you. Let Him move and speak to you. Allow this body of of believers here to pray into your life, to support you. And you will find the very thing that was meant to destroy you will be your biggest strength. A firm foundation that cannot be moved. You know, whatever we focus on tends to become our biggest thing. 
If we focus on Jesus, he becomes the very thing that intermingles with all our life. But if we focus on other things, whether it might be fear or doubt, confusion, shame, hurt, loss, if we focus on that, it's going to pull us down. But we focus on Jesus, that other stuff will fade away. He is a firm foundation. Let's not forget the past, but let it mold us to be more like Jesus. You know, that through this season, with the internet being out there, and, and we get every doctrine at our fingertips. Everything good and bad is at our fingertips. And I don't know what you're like, but I quite often when I'm reading, I'm thinking, is this true or is it not true? And you can't tell whether it's truth all the time. And you have to go to a respected source of someone you know to find out that yes, it is true. But so many of us are being deceived by what is being put out there on the internet. And we take it as truth when it's just a lie. And, and if we intermingle that with all the, the culture changes that are going on in Western society at the moment and the, the foundations that the, we thought was foundations and now we're finding that our culture is shifting and changing, it's making us uneasy. So first, the internet is telling us a whole lot of stuff. Next thing, culture is changing in our lives, and we're thinking, what is truth, what is not truth? And then amongst that, COVID has been thrown in. Well, we can't meet together. Fear is out there, and some people are, are living this COVID season like nothing has happened. But let me tell you now, if you're in New South Wales at the moment, there'd be a lot of change in your life. There's a lot of people that have been stuck in their homes for a long time and, and not being able to speak to people. Single mothers with four kids trying to deal with life issues on a constant basis, stuck in their houses, who are pulling their hair out for the stress of it all. Throw that in the mix. What is your foundation? I don't know how much longer New Queensland is going to be before we go into lockdown again. That's why I was so passionate about coming to meet as a church this morning because I get the chance to, to meet with you again one more time, maybe before we might be in lockdown next week. I don't know. But what is your foundation for the next lockdown? What is the foundation you're going to take in the lockdown? The lockdown is not going to... Put, going to pull you down, but you're going to find a strength that's going to pull you through whatever situation comes against you. So we have to build a firm foundation. I was driving to prayer on Tuesday morning, and you know, we say that God spoke to us. I don't get it. Once, once I heard a voice, and I can't say it was in my ears. Only once in my life I've ever had it. And it was a voice that somehow spoke into my, like in my chest. I don't know what it was, but I heard this voice. But this wasn't a voice, but it was a, a thought that I knew it was from God. And it said, don't get out of the boat. It was all it said, don't get out of the boat. And I thought, okay, God, what are you saying? And the very next thought was, was, was Paul when he was put in the boat in a storm. So if he spoke it to me and he said, don't get out of the boat, and I, I felt it wasn't for me, and we, we prayed over that in the prayer meeting on Tuesday morning. Can I tell you, I don't know what, what's going on in your life, but don't get out of the boat. This time when, when, when there's lots of doubts, our faith is being rocked for various reasons. Don't get out of the boat. Can I tell you the firm foundations were built 2,000 years ago, 1,500 years ago, 500 years ago, 100 years ago. They have not changed. That creed that we spoke about is still the same creed that dictates our life today. Nothing has changed. Do not negate the firm foundations of our faith. You know, Paul... He was an amazing man of God, crazy man of God. He would have been, we would have thought he was a crazy man if we'd met him nowadays. 
He, he pushed the boundaries wherever he went. He changed the culture wherever he went. Amazing, amazing guy. He lived his life for the gospel. He was fervent in prayer, fervent in study, and fervent in moving in power and authority. He spoke the word with power wherever he went, and lives were changed wherever he went. And this man, you'd think he had such a firm foundation, he would have lived a blessed life. Well, he did live a blessed life. But if you know the story about Paul, it wasn't an easy life at all. And as I'm going to read a story about Paul, this is a story of, of Paul, and he'd been taken to the authorities, the Jewish authorities, and they wanted to kill him. They wanted to lock him up because he was preaching the gospel. And it looks like he was going to be in big, big trouble. And as his resort, he, 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 he said, look, I'm a Roman citizen, so I have to go to Rome to plead my case before Rome. And so they said, okay, we're going to, we're going to send you to Rome. So the only way there was, was to hop on a ship. And he hopped on this ship and with 276 other people. The ship was 180 feet long, 45 feet wide. Everyone knows what a foot is? Everyone knows what a foot is? Just if you don't, it's 150 meters long, 14 meters wide. So it was a big boat. This was a big boat that should have been able to handle a storm. Secure, 276 people in this boat. And this boat finds itself in a really bad situation. It's a big boat, big storm. Paul finds himself in this huge storm. And I don't know what storms are going on with you at the moment, as I said a few before. But whatever storms there are, there probably wasn't a much bigger storm than this boat and this much bigger storm than what this boat had to suffer at this time. The storm gets so bad that they throw all the cargo overboard. I can imagine the sailors, they don't want to throw their cargo because this is their livelihood, this is their money. They're throwing their money and everything over the board. All their cargo is going off. They throw off the ship's tackle. The tackle they didn't need, they throw it off just because they wanted to lighten the boat. This was dire situations, situation for them all. I'd like to read from Acts 20, 27, verses 20 to 32. And it tells some of the story about what Paul went through in this, this storm. And it says in verse 20, and I've probably got a different translation, so I'll try and read from there. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. After they had gone for a long time without food, I think in my translation, I think it says 20 days or 18 days. No, sorry, 14 days it was without food. Can you imagine going without food for 14 days? Paul stood up before them and said, Men, you should have taken my advice not to stale from Crete. <laughs> Can you imagine what they thought? No, 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 you should have taken my advice. <laughs> I knew it all along. Then you would have spared yourselves this damage and loss. But now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost. Only the ship will be destroyed. Last night an angel of God to whom I belong and whom I serve stood beside me and said, do not be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given, given you the lives of all who sail with you. So keep up your courage, men, for I have faith, that God, faith in God that, that it will happen just as he told me. Nevertheless, we must run aground on some island. On the 14th night, we were still being driven across the Adriatic Sea, when about midnight the sailors sensed they were approaching land. They took soundings and found that the water was, was 120 feet deep. A short time later, they took soundings again and found it 90 feet deep. 
Fearing that we would be dashed against the rocks, they dropped four anchors from the stern and prayed for daylight. In an attempt to escape from the ship, the sailors let the lifeboat down into the sea, pretending they were going to lower some anchors from the bow. Then Paul said to the centurion of the soldiers, unless these men stay with the ship, you cannot be saved. Can I tell you, stay with the ship. Stay with the ship. If you get out of the ship, you're going to be in trouble. Don't get out of the ship. So the soldiers cut the ropes that held the lifeboat and let it drift away. It's at the end. Don't get out of the ship. I don't know the future, but I know someone who does. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but I know someone who does. There's a bit of a saying that says you determine your future. But even though you might think you're determining the future, the future is already known. And because I know the, the one who knows the future, I know he can look after me. Can you imagine Paul being in the situation where the storm is so bad that that big ship, they're throwing everything off. At one stage, they were going to kill everybody on board, all the prisoners, because that was such a bad storm. And yet they find themselves in a situation where Paul, one man stands up and says, don't get off the ship. I don't know what, what situation your life is in now, but God is telling you this morning, do not get off the ship. Don't even think you're going to lower, lower a, a, a boat down and think that's going to save you. There is only one ship. There is only one way you can be saved, and that's through Jesus, the firm foundation. You know, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. When all is lost, when you're hoping for something and hope above hope that it never seems to happen, well, let me tell you, your faith in Jesus is the substance of things hoped for. The reality, can you imagine that there's something you're hoping for and you can actually feel it? It's a substance. It's something you can drag down in your life. That's what faith is. When faith grabs the impossible, by faith we obtain the promises of God. Don't get out of the ship. Stay in it by faith and pull down the promises of God that God is going to come and he's going to be in the ship. He's going to keep me safe. If you get out of the ship, I don't know what's going to happen. And the ship is going through many storms. The church and our faith is going through many storms at the moment. And it's so easy to, to, to go, and I've seen lots of people go and to, to try a different version of our faith, to take a different slant, maybe not to lose faith altogether, but like the Tower of Pisa, to lean in one direction where they shouldn't be leaning, and they lose faith. Our firm foundation, our foundation is strong in Jesus. We don't lean to left or to the right. We stay strong in what Jesus said and what the Word of God tells us, who we are and what we are and what we're meant to do. You know, Paul could say this, because in 2 Corinthians 11, verses 23 to 28, and if you read this, I think, man, this guy was always incredible. And he speaks a bit of his history. In labors more abundant, in stripes above measure, and I'm not talking about stripes on here that you get when you're a captain, I'm talking about stripes from being whipped. In prisons more frequently, in deaths often, from the Jews five times I received 40 stripes minus one, because if you get 40 stripes, you very likely die. Can you imagine what this guy's back must have looked like? I was shipwrecked and beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and day I've been in the deep. 26 
oh sorry, and journeys often, in perils of waters, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the city, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the sea, in perils amongst false brethren, in weariness and toil and sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst and fasting often, in cold and nakedness. And let me tell you, this did not include the last 11 years of his life. There was an 11-year gap from when he wrote this to when he went to Rome. I don't know what else he went through, but it's a pretty crazy, incredible life. But through all of this, he had a foundation that could not be swayed. He had a peace that went beyond understanding. He had a joy that welled up within him, even though his physical body and his outward circumstances were getting broken and beaten. He had a strength that only comes from the Lord Jesus Christ in him that could not be broken and he could not be broken. And can I tell you this morning, if you live on the firm foundation, you cannot be broken. It's when we decide to lean to one direction or we decide to hop out of the boat and hop in a dinghy that we should never hop into, that we find ourselves in peril. You know, as parents, we would take a bullet for our children. Can you imagine that your heavenly father would take a bullet for you? You can trust him. He's got your best interests at heart. And you can trust him that in a firm foundation that is built on Jesus, that he will not let you go through something you can't handle. If you stay in the boat. Can I ask you a question? This, this morning, when you leave here this morning, you're probably going to have a whole lot of thoughts running around in your head. I just pray that you, one thought you keep, don't get out of the boat. You can have questions. What does my faith mean? But, but this person said that. This person said that. This person actually says that hell doesn't look like this or heaven doesn't look like that. Can I, can I encourage you? It doesn't really matter about all that. It just matters that Jesus, the Son of God, came. He died on the cross for me. He went down to hell and took the keys of death and hell. And he rose on the third day and now he sits at the right hand of the Father, just that creed we spoke about. And now he rules above heaven and earth and he's got my best interests at heart. So why would we move our foundations to the left or to the right or to start to sway in other directions? Stick to your foundations. Stick to your foundations. Can I, can I tell you, if you feel like you've been sh shaken or maybe you think like you're going to be shaken, it's probably okay to be shaken a little bit. Because if your foundations are strong, you're not going to fall. But if your foundations aren't strong, when you're shaken, something will happen that you don't want to happen. You know, I heard a statistic the other day and I think Claire said it. There was, was it seven suicides I'm not sure what the time frame was in Queensland, was it? In the last season, in, in the, the normal season. Well, 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 I'm not sure whether it was months, days, weeks, I'm not sure what it was. There's normally seven. Over the same period and season in Queensland, there's been 500 in this season. So even though we might be doing well, people's lives are being shaken in this time. The belief that they believe was true, the foundations of money, the foundations of health, the foundations of family, it's all being shaken and people are finding themselves where they just want to give up. 
from coming from seven suicides to 500, it shows that our, our society is being shaken. And can I encourage you, find out what the foundations are of your faith. Do not move from the firm foundations. God has set up a covenant with us, a covenant relationship where he will never leave us or never forsake us. Can I encourage us, do not get out of the boat. Do not leave this morning without knowing that you're in the boat because in that boat, the storms might rock you, you might be shaken, you might be jump, jumping up and down on the waves, but that boat will keep you safe until you find the island where you can find a firm, found a, a strength. The storms will come, the storms will go, but our foundation will never change. Our foundation will never change. Do you believe in that foundation? And once again, I don't know what everyone's going through here. I'm going to pray before I finish that your foundations in this season will not be shaken. They will not be moved. They will not be shaken so much that you will lose faith. My parents, my dad was in the war. My great-granddad died in the war. And they came out of a situation where the foundations of their faith were rocked totally and completely from what they saw and what they experienced. And some people came out of that and, and lost their faith totally. Other people came out of the war with a strength in Jesus that no matter what happens, I believe. And their foundations were so strong that they could not be rocked. So I don't know what this world's going to throw at us. But can we be like the Jewish nation? As they stood in those concentration camps, deny your faith or not. And they, they did not deny their faith. Can we be the ones that are standing in our Christian faith exactly the same? I will not deny my faith at this season. And it might not be a faith that you're denying to someone else, but I will not deny the faith that's in me. What I believe is what I believe. There is a strength in me that I am not going to deny my faith. No matter what the thrill world throws at me, God, I believe in you. He will strengthen you. He will keep you. He will sustain you because your foundation is strong. So God, I pray for every person here, individually and as a body, but individually, Lord God, I pray for every person, for every different circumstance that people have walked in with. Some here are carrying shame and hurt and bitterness. And other people have never had to walk through that. Some people are coming in here where their, their businesses are going down. Other people are come, come in here with their health is in a mess. But God, Lord, I know that you're in control. And I know you have an answer for every situation. So I pray, whatever we've been through, Lord God, that I believe you can build a firm foundation in us. And whatever we're going through, Lord God, I believe that there's a firm foundation that we can stand on. A truth that will never be shaken. And that is that God loves me. God just loves me. He's given us the Holy Spirit to live in us, to strengthen us. So God, Lord, I pray, Lord, for the outpouring of your Holy Spirit upon each and every one of us now as we're sitting in our seats. Let it be poured out afresh upon us, Lord, I pray. That God, Lord, our hearts would be touched by you even in this moment, Lord, I pray. That your love would be poured out upon us and would give us strength. That our foundations would be strong, Lord, because we know we're under the arms of a loving Father. The grace is all over us.
The godly fear is in us to keep us on the straight and narrow. God, Lord, for the ones, Lord, who are struggling with addictions in their lives, Lord, who are sitting in this, this service. I pray, Lord God, as they put another brick on that foundation, say, this is who I am and this is what I believe. I speak to those very addictions and I tell them to be broken in Jesus' name. That freedom would come, Lord God, because the foundation that you built, you've given us, Lord God, is a foundation we can live in freedom. We can live in liberty, where we can live in joy. God, we don't have to hold ourselves back because we can be joyful even in the tough situations. And we can find peace where there is no peace. God, I thank you for that. So God, Lord, I pray for every person once again, Lord, and I, I give them over to you and ask that you would move upon us. God, even in this moment as we worship you today, that God, there'd be such a strength in us. In us, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. I would love to sing. I don't know if we've got time or not, but I would love to sing. But Caleb, it's up to you. You come up and finish the service.